for a breakthrough. I pray for a freedom. I pray for a healing. Amen. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I believe today for the church in America, the breakthrough, the breakthrough for us can very much be the breaking off of us of a spirit of discouragement spirit of discouragement. I realize that many of you have prayed for and stood for a, a breakthrough of sorts and some kind of wave hitting politically our nation this last week, only to find that there were some disappointments in how all of that has turned out. Now, my brothers and my sisters, it's one thing to be disappointed in men, in people. It's quite another thing to be disappointed in God. And the enemy wants to try to take points of discouragement, places of disappointment, and use those from his standpoint as evidence that God really isn't relevant that God really doesn't hear, or that the Lord really doesn't care when the exact opposite is the truth. But the enemy tells a lie just like it's the truth. He knows how to work on us. And I believe it's important today that that we take up the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against the spirit of discouragement. It, it would be put in another way in Isaiah, the spirit of heaviness, that Jesus would, would come, the Messiah would come, and he would swap out the spirit of heaviness and replace it with the mantle of praise. Now, I'm going to ask you to pray with me that simple prayer, because if the Lord doesn't enable us to hear this and to do this, it won't happen. It's one thing to know the principles in the Word of God. It's another thing for those principles to become transformed into reality in our hearts, and only the Spirit of Jesus, only the Spirit of Jesus working in our hearts can make that happen. So where we are longing for a spirit of heaviness to be broken off of us, a spirit of discouragement, a spirit of disappointment to be broken off of us, we're going to need the Spirit of the Lord Jesus to enable us to do this. Now, I, I know I'm speaking to some Bible-quoting, tithe-giving, church-pew-sitting folks who have been in many ways wanting to follow the Lord maybe for all of your life, all of your born-again life. But I just feel like as a broken record, i got to keep saying this. It's not enough to know what you need to do. 
It's something entirely different to be empowered to do what the Lord has called us to do. So that we're not spending our time beating ourselves up as to why I messed up and why I can't do that and why I can't do the other thing. Instead of spending any time beating yourself up, we take the energy and the time that we used to spend on that and let the focus be, Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. Send your spirit in power to help me. To have, instead of spending all our time trying to beat up the part that it never going to behave anyway, the flesh, the enemy, and we just realize that he wants us to let the helper help. Let the helper help. Let the helper help. Who is the helper? The spirit of the exalted Jesus Christ. Nothing can stand against him. Nothing can stand before him. Nothing can defeat him. There's nothing he can't do. There's no place he can't go. And he's alive in you. And our prayer this morning as we start, as we look into this, this victory of the Lord over discouragement in our lives, there are some principles that we need to get, but only the Spirit can teach us. Lord, we're, we're, here we are. Here we are one more time. Here we are one more time saying to you, Lord, unless you send the helper to help us, we won't be able to do that which you are instructing us, calling us to do. We can't go higher unless you lift us up and take us higher. So our prayer is, Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Send your spirit in power. We know you're present. We know your spirit has come to live inside us to cause us to be born again. But, Lord, we also understand that there is a difference between your spirit coming to save us to rescue us, to begin that work of changing us and that work of empowering us, enabling us to do what you've called us to do. We are asking you, Lord, this morning for another Pentecost, a fresh Pentecost in our hearts. They knew you. They knew you as Savior and Lord, but they needed your power. And that is, Lord, what Pentecost, the outpouring of your Spirit was all about. And so here we stand, Lord. We know you as Savior. We know our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, but what we know we need is your power. And you have promised that you would send the promise of the Father. If we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more would the Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit in power to those who are asking him? So here we are. Again today, Lord, send your spirit and power. And Lord, our response also is, Lord, we receive your spirit in power to our hearts. As we embark upon these next moments to be, we pray, smitten by a powerful, freeing truth from your word, we receive you, Holy Spirit, in power to teach us, to help us to get this, to enable us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. I want you to find your way in your Bible, please, to Psalm number 34, Psalm number 34. 
Let me just start reading these first two or three verses, and then we'll give some background. David writes, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. We have a hint at when in the life of David he wrote this psalm. You might see that little paragraph, introductory paragraph, right under the, the subtitle for this psalm, and it will say that, that it was a psalm of David when he feigned madness before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Well, what in the world is that all about? When David, as a young boy, young man, was anointed to be the next king over Israel by Samuel the prophet in the presence of his other brothers, mother and father, the scripture says that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. David would later write and say in Psalm 22, verse 3, the Lord is holy, and he inhabits the praises of his people. David would say in Psalm 16, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, for he is at my right hand, that I will not be shaken. When David wrote this psalm, it wasn't after Saul, his archenemy, had been removed, and there was no opposition to the throne. Saul was still alive. Saul still had armies and special troops to try to hunt David down and kill him. It got so bad at some point that David had to flee Israel, had to leave his own country and go to the country of the Philistines, the enemies of the Lord's people, and to find some degree of refuge from Saul among the enemies of the Lord's people. He, you can find that in 2 Kings 6 or so. Where, where David is, excuse me, it's not Kings, that's, that's the Elisha part of this that we'll get to a little bit later, but it was in Samuel, where David is found going to, to Achish, that was the name of the king, Abimelech was the name given to all the Philistine kings, but Achish was the particular one that David went to for refuge. But what happened when he went there is that some of his troops, some of the commanders within Achish's army, and they were getting ready to go fight Israel, Saul and, and Israel. And some of the commanders began to recognize, this is David. This, this, is, this is that young man who took out Saul, who took out Goliath. 
This is that young man that the women were, were shouting, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And they said back to Achish, what are you doing letting this man in among us? So all of a sudden, this David, <laughs> this anointed king of Israel, who had fled Israel because of the disappointment, the discouragement that was being heaped upon him by Saul's hostility, now he ends up in the Philistines' camp, and they're doing the same thing to him. He has to, as it says, feign madness. He acts like a crazy man, the saliva in his beard and wandering around, stumbling around. And Achish said, hey, not, don't I have enough crazy people in my, in my army <laughs> besides you give me one more? So, they, so he fled. So he fled. That's when he wrote Psalm 34. Listen to it again in the light of that context. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Folks, David had a choice of being swallowed up by a spirit of discouragement, of being, of being consumed by a spirit of heaviness, or to choose to declare praise to the Lord knowing that the Lord is going to be found inhabiting the place of praise that comes out of a heart. And that as the Lord inhabits the praises of his man or his woman, his presence is made known in the press. David goes on in Psalm 16 to say, and it's in his presence that there is fullness of joy. Folks, I'm trying to say to you, we can choose either discouragement or depression, or we can choose praise. We can choose to bless the Lord. Now, I, I, if somebody's here, then I say, well, that, that, that doesn't make sense to me. That's why I'm telling you. You got to have the Spirit of the living God to cause this to come alive inside you or you'll never get it. There'll just be verses in the Bible about blessing and praising and all that stuff. And you know, that's a nice thing. Let's let the choir do that. Or let's let musicians do that. Or it can come and it can settle right into the middle of the place of your disappointment this morning. Right into the place of your discouragement. And as you open your mouth and you lift up praises unto God, choosing not to let discouragement own you, choosing not to let disappointment be master over you, but to take this instruction from the Scripture, I will choose to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Does that mean you live like an ostrich with your head stuck in the sand and, and, and the things around you you just begin to treat as not that bad? No, you own them as being everything they are. But knowing that and owning that, you choose. Lord, I bless you. I praise you. You are sovereign. You are Lord. You are in charge. You have the name that is above every other name, and I put my trust in you. I shout across my discouragement. Jesus is Lord. I shout across my places of disappointment. 
Jesus is king. I bless you, and I praise you. The church in America isn't going to be benefited one whit by a bunch of Christians that are praying only for the rapture to come and want to give up and quit and sink back and just die. No. This is the opportunity. This is the time for the light of Jesus in you and me to shine out to a world that is dark, that is thirsty, that is longing, that is hurting. And to be able to say, even though there are some things that we could wish would turn out differently, we refuse to let discouragement and disappointment own our hearts. Now, on a practical side, I may just say, some of you need to turn the TV off. You, you need to turn off and shut down these sources of discouragement. They make money by selling discouragement. Don't, don't, don't. You say, well, I don't know if the, well, this is how really, I don't know how the world can make it unless I know what's going on. Huh? Huh? You, you mean to tell me China's trying to figure out, Wall Street's trying to figure out, the houses of Congress trying to figure out what you think before they would do it? No. Give it up. Give it up. Where, where is the source of encouragement versus where is the source of discouragement? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Go, leave, just so you'll know this isn't something that happened only in Psalm 34. Go to Psalm 107. I'm sorry, 103. Go to Psalm 103. And let's just walk our way. Let's just sit with this one for a little bit. Here he goes again. Here's David again. And, and we don't know when the circumstances of the writing of this psalm actually were. It, it could have been, and, and just no way of knowing, but it could have been when David was in the middle of facing the choice between being, being threatened and intimidated by circumstances or declaring that his trust was in the Lord and choosing to bless the Lord because he had learned the lesson, I, I need the Lord's presence more than I need anything else. I, I, can, I can make it to hell and back if I can sense the Lord's presence with me. I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. Well, how were you able to do that? Because the Lord inhabits his praises, and he's going to find coming out of me a praising heart, and he's going to show himself real there. So he says, he writes, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. In other words, you can't get somebody else to bless the Lord for you. You can't let, mama can't do it for you. Your sweet wife, your, your loving husband can't do it for you. Nobody can bless the Lord for you. If you're going to reap the benefits of his blessing, of what happens when we bless him, then it has to come individually from us. Now watch how David just keeps going. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself. Here's a, here's a king who's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He just keeps repeating it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Why, David? Because when I bless him, he shows up. 
When I praise him, he inhabits those praises. He makes his presence known when I praise him. And I need him more than I need a sharpened arrow. I need him more than I need a company of fresh troops. I need the Lord, so I'm going to bless him at all times. Okay, now look. He wasn't wasn't a Levitical priest. He, He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a prophet in the sense of that's all he did. He was a businessman. He was an army commander. He, he was a, had to be involved in political kinds of things. That, that he was all of these other things. And, and, and he wasn't locked. They didn't have the temple built at that time. So where was he doing this? Wherever he was. If it was in the company of commanders, if it was in the company of business people, company of his family, I'll bless the Lord at all times. I'm not one somebody in the church house and somebody else out yonder. I am who I am, and who I am at the core is a blesser of the Lord God who loved me and rescued me and gave me everything I had. I'll tell you, it takes a real man, a real man, to let the praises for your Lord go out with the authority of a convicted heart, with the unashamed vocabulary of someone whose heart has been bought and owned by your champion. Not just to, not just to be soft-spoken, but when the time comes, you want to know who I am? You want to know who I am as a man? Then what you need to know is my relationship with Jesus Christ is central to who I am. You can't know, really know me unless you know that. I want to say, men, man up, man up when you get up. That doesn't mean you say that everywhere you go. That doesn't mean you got a 40-pound Bible around your neck, and every time you, you eat at Chester's hamburgers, you clear your throat, stand up in a chair, and pray in the, pray the Lord's Prayer. That's not what I'm saying. But when somebody wants to know you, ladies too, know who you really are, it's an inescapable part of your life. They can't know you unless they know you got two feet. They can't really know you unless they know that there was a heart that is owned by your king. And I'm telling you, brothers, sisters, when those things come out of your mouth because they're real in your heart, the Lord will set his favor upon you. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole inhabited earth, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, that he may show himself strong in behalf of the one whose heart is completely his. So again and again and again, David gets in tight spots. But again and again and again, he sees, experiences, is able to testify to the delivering, rescuing power of the Lord. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, he says in Psalm 34. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. So he's talking to himself. Oh, my soul, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Again, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And then he says, and forget none of his benefits. One of the things that Jesus said the Spirit, when he came in power, would do. He said he will remind you, the Spirit will remind you, Bring to your remembrance 
all that I said to you. One of the functions of the Spirit then is to keep us from, from forgetting the benefits of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord. Our problem is we want to live in the present and the future. Somehow we feel like the things in the past don't really count. That, that wasn't true of David. Inspired by the Spirit to write this down, Lord, help me not to forget any of your benefits. And then he says, he pardons all your iniquities. He's talking to his soul. Pardons all your iniquities, soul. Heals all your diseases. Redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That old eagle will wear out its feathers. There's a molting process that will take place. And throughout the years of the life of an eagle, and it's been estimated that, a, that an eagle, we'll call it a bald eagle, can live up to 30 years. But there is a perpetual process that goes on whereby the feathers that they were dressed in five years ago can be completely replenished by brand new feathers in their 10th year or their 15th year, and maybe even sooner in a shorter term than that. He says, the Lord has had the ability to renew my youth as like the eagles and, and, and to satisfy the passing of time with good things. He pardons our iniquities. He heals our diseases. In other words, in other words, if you're trying to figure out what is, what is praise, how, how do I do this? And you say, Lord, I'm meeting you to, to, to send your spirit and power to my heart so that I'll get this. I'll be able to do what is spoken of here because I need your inhabiting presence. I need your closeness. Watch the Holy Spirit just remind you of, you remember? You remember the 70s? You, you, you remember the 60s? You remember the 80s? You remember the 90s? You remember the, the hell hole that you lived in and couldn't get out? And do you remember how in my mercy I came after you? Knocked on the door of your heart. You turned me away many times, but I kept knocking. And I won your heart with kindness, not with another set of rules. I've pardoned your sins. I've had pity on you. I've had pity on you. I've had pity on you. My power is what brought you out of the pit. And my heart to bless you with plenty is where you are now and what I've blessed you with. Folks, nothing in Washington, nothing that any array of opposition from any setting or arrangement, nothing can be done by the human instrument to change God's heart for you. It's a heart of pity. It's a heart of power. It's a heart of plenty. Amen.
Amen. So if we're needing to find out, Lord, how do I bless you? How do I praise you? I, I don't want to choose the way of staying in discouragement and staying disappointment. Then watch how the Lord, by his spirit, may take you back and just start turning some pages of what he's done before. He's healed. He says he sealed us from all my, of our diseases. He's saying that to his soul. David evidently was medically sick for a, a, a few different times in his life, a, a point or two where he didn't know that he was even going to live it. He became such an offense to the ones around him that they didn't want to be around him. He heals of all his diseases that the Lord in his pity has heard your cries. Lord, take this cancer. Lord, stop this heart disease. Lord, rescue me from this or that. And we praise him. There's power in remembering. You know how much it blesses you as a parent when a child will come back, and it may be 15 years, 10 years, five years ago since something was done just because you loved them, loving kindness expressed toward them, and they come back and out of the clear blue say, Daddy, Mom, I just, I just want to thank you all over again. I just want to thank you. That melts your heart as an adult. It stirs the heart of our Heavenly Father when He hears us doing that again. So here's our choice. We can get absorbed. We can, we can get everything we can get out of the things that discourage and refresh the sense of disappointment in things. Or we can say, Lord, by your Spirit, help me to bless the Lord. Help me to praise. And watch how He can begin to remind you of the things that He has done for you. The places that he redeemed my life from the pit. Look, look at all of that again. It, it just he pardons our iniquities, heals our diseases, redeems from the pit, crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. That means there were just some things that he did for you, not because you or I deserved it, not because we worked so hard. It's just because he wanted to bless. He crowned with loving kindness, with, with loving kindness and compassion. Praise you, Lord. See, <clears throat> the enemy wants to try to get us to thinking, if we're going through hard times now, and even though God did something back then, look what's happening now, and therefore you can't really count on his unfailing love to be a part of you. You know what you have to do? Well, that's just, Satan, you're a liar. That, that is as far from the truth as anything that could be made up. I renounce your lies. My God proved his love for me when Jesus died. You, you bring the cross up to Satan, and he has a way of just hushing and moving on. I remind you, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. And all your discouraging, disappointing demons. I choose to reject you. And I choose to bless him. And to keep blessing him. And to keep blessing him. You say, well, I, you know, things are pretty tough. That's exactly when we need to be doing the blessing and the praising. Because the power of the Spirit is wanting to show us that. You got a choice right now. Go home and plug into Fox News, CNN, or whatever, and absorb everything you can get there and see where it's where your heart is left. You can go there, or you can read this Psalm 103. Spend the afternoon 
rehearsing back to the Lord the things he's done for you, the things he's proven to you that he loves you in the midst of and through. And see on which end of that spectrum you end up the strongest. Uh, Not only that the discouragement can be broken, but the heart of your Father is blessed. The heart of your Savior is blessed. We spend time being consumed by discouraging information that does nothing to bless the heart of our Father who's given us everything. Or we can make the choice. I bless you, Lord. I praise you. Standing in the middle of abandonment, David was. Standing in the middle of hostility. I will will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Even though he wasn't crowned, he was being hunted like a dog. He had no roof over his head to call his own. He had no staff. He had no security detail. He went from there to live in the cave of Adullam, and he was hiding out in the dark hole in the ground. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The Lord saw that heart in David. And when the time was right, Saul was removed. The throne was vacated. And God fulfilled every syllable of every promise he had ever made to David. So with you. So with you. So with you. Lord, send your spirit and power. This won't make sense. This won't make sense to the natural mind. It only makes sense in the life of the spirit and the power of the spirit. Instead of letting discouragement own me, I choose to bless and praise and declare as the king of my heart and the one worthy of my total trust, the one I can't even see. He, in his own way, his own time, is able to make his presence known. He will change the spirit of heaviness out for the garment of praise. One of the functions of Jesus by his spirit coming to live in our hearts. Now, would you notice, let me just read on down through some of this. It's just so good. Verse 12, more of his pity, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Look look at the last part of verse 11, those who fear him. Look at the last part of verse 13, those who fear him. Look at the last part of verse 17, those who fear him. Look at verse, verse 18, to those who keep his commandments and who remember his precepts to do them. To those who fear him. It does not mean to be quailing in fear, staying back in the shadows for fear of what kind of mood the father's going to be in on that day. It means to respect. It means to honor It means to hold in high regard. You you can have a human, and in this sense, a human father in high regard, but at the same time, not be scared to death of the person. 
because there's this underlining conclusion, he loves me. I'm, I'm, I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He loves me. His loving kindness is toward me. It's another way of saying, if you honor him, what? He'll honor you. Did you, did, did you honor him in the way, don't, don't raise your hands on this, but did you honor him in the way you voted in this election? Did you honor him in the way that you have been praying for our nation? Then if you, if you have honored him, then he knows that, and he's blessed by that. We're only held accountable for the things that we are responsible for. We're not responsible for somebody else's vote in some other position. But we are responsible here. And just this simple truth, well stated recently, success is doing the will of God. Success is doing the will of God. Success is doing the will of God. That means that we revere Him, we honor Him. And he says all of these things, these expressions of his loving kindness will come to those who fear him, who revere him, to honor him. Look, look at verse 10. I keep saying 10. I did that in the last service. My eyes are shifting on me. Verse 19, not a, not a 10. Verse 19. The Lord, David says, has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, not any city, not any place on the earth, and his sovereignty rules over all, all lesser expressions of authority and rule. His sovereignty. It doesn't mean that he's responsible for everything, but it means that everything and everybody one day will answer to him. And when he chooses to impose his authority, he has the power and he has the right to do it. To take that specific reference to his sovereignty rules over all and his throne is settled in heaven, that specific New Testament reference could very well be in Ephesians chapter 1, when he brought about in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and seated him, Jesus, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. He put all things in subjection under his feet, raised him up and seated him in the heavenly places. We read the New Testament to understand the Old Testament. We can read the Old Testament some to understand the New Testament, but they all work together. He's established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. Can I just say this to you? The spirit of the Jesus 
seated in the heavenly places. The spirit of the Jesus, whose name is above every other name, who's been placed in authority over all earthly authority, the spirit of that Jesus lives in your chest, lives in your spirit. He is not disappointed in the ultimate outcome. He's not discouraged by anything because he has authority over everything. If his spirit is filling us, then it should also be that the emotions that are true within his heart would work to have dominion in our hearts. Now may the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, 13. Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God will guard your heart, and your mind in Christ. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Folks, in the natural sense, we hear the human descriptions of the state of our nation and the condition of our world and all of that. In, in a natural sense, we can get that. But you are more than natural. You are supernatural. By the power of the Christ. So choose which way you're going to go, natural or supernatural. Supernaturally to believe that God's word is true. That the God of hope is able to transform my hopelessness and cause it to overflow with joy and peace in believing that I may abound in hope. Not when everything is straightened out. Not when everything is solved, but right now in the middle of the mess. For the God of hope, by the power of the Spirit. There it is again. There it is again. We're going to get that kind of hope by reading verses on hope? By the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the ones who will dare to take the Lord at His word, reap the benefit of His promises. Dare to take Him at His word. Lord, you said... Even as a, an earthly, incomplete, inadequate, not perfect, earthly parent, I know how to, and I want to give good gifts to my children. I know what gifts would satisfy this child, and, 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 and what, what kind of, would, would be a big blessing for this one. I know that. And Lord, I'm believing that you have promised that you would give your spirit and power to those who are asking you, not one-time ask. It's not a past tense. It's not a future. It is a continuous action, present, active, indicative verb to those who are continuously asking for the Spirit in power. He will give it. Oh, folks, you, you, you can leave here and you can go home and try as hard as you can to cut out the addiction of news. You know, 
cut out this and quit that and start something else on our own strength. And it won't last till dark. Do you hear me? It won't last till dark. And you'll give up saying, I can't do it, which is the bottom line, whole, whole successful goal for us to be convinced, apart from you, Lord, I can't do a thing, John 15, but I can do all things through the one who is giving me present, active, indicative, participle, who is giving me strength. Not did give it, not will give it. That's Paul saying, I'm here. I can stay here. I can put up with. I can endure. I, I can live through things because of the one who is giving me strength. It's available for you, not just for somebody else, but do you need help? Do you, do you desire for discouragement to be broken and disappointment to not own you? And Lord, by your Spirit, help me to praise you. And watch what he'll do. He'll, he'll remind you of who he is, but he's going, he'll spend some time reminding you of what he's done for you. You say, how important is that? Well, it's important enough to make the Bible. It's important enough to make the Bible. It ought to be important if it's in here. It's not that you have to speak King James English. Not that you've got to come through some, you know, some, some big deal, dress some way and clear your throat <coughs> and talk to him in some, no. Out of your heart, the Spirit will energize it. The Spirit will give you life. I'm blessing you, Lord. And if you'll go ahead and picture yourself standing in the middle of the place that is so disappointing and so discouraging, stand there, position your stuff there, and raise your voice from that place. I trust you, Jesus. I proclaim your sovereign name, Lord Jesus Christ. I declare your authority. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. You say, I don't know how that can happen because you have never tried it. I don't know how that could ever help. It makes a difference. The spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. Lord, I ask you to do that for us. I ask you to do that in us. I ask you, Lord, to cause the shackles of the spirit of discouragement to be shattered as the praises from your people go up, as we're praising the power of your blood, Lord Jesus. We're praising your power to set captives free as we're praising your wonderful name. Teach us, Lord. Show us. Confirm to us what David was talking about in the instruction that was given so that we may live through. We may have to endure the afflictions of the righteous, but we will know it's settled in our heart. That's temporary. What's permanent is the deliverance of the Lord. The storm is temporary. The deliverance is forever. The storm is temporary. The deliverance from my God is forever. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Would you stand with me? Streaming family, if you can... Maybe do that as well. Just stand where you are or maybe sit out on the edge of your couch or chair. Just got to do this. We've got to do this together. 
Open your heart, palms, and receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, in the name of his Son, Jesus, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Receive it, church. Receive that blessing. Amen. 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 Prayer partners, join me here, please, at the front. And if, we, if you're here and we can pray with you, pray for you, please let us, let us do that. I, I, I feel like that there's, felt this very strongly in the early service, but, but also right now, somebody is listening. But you may have never opened your heart up to Jesus and invited him with the words of your mouth, Lord, I invite you, Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my Savior and be my Lord. If you've never prayed that you can do that right now, right where you sit, wherever you are, He is where you are. It all starts there. The change starts there. Lord, I open my heart up. Jesus, come into my heart. I ask you to be my Savior and my Lord, and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let us hear from you. you, you may, there may be something dramatic as that happens. It may be something that gradually over the hours or over the days, something begins to happen, but you will sense a gathering sense of his presence in your heart. The old things pass away, new things come. How many of you could say, that's true, <laughs> that's true? It happened to me, happened to me, happened to me. Amen. So come this way if we can pray for you. Pastor Walker at AlamoCity.org, let us hear from you. Let us hear from you, especially if you prayed that prayer with us just then. But any other prayer request, just a paragraph enough to let us know, we'll be praying with you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you all for being here. Come this way if we can pray. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Hug somebody's neck. It looks like they need it before you go, you know, and bless one another in the name of the Lord, and we'll see you next time. Amen.